Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Tom Immer made some news yesterday with his endorsement of Donald Trump for president for 2024. He wasn't the only Minnesota House GOP member. But I want to talk about him for a second because I'm extremely disappointed in Tom. Uh, Tom, I haven't talked to Tom in years. Um, I haven't seen him in a while. Um, But we overlapped and we did some work together um, at my previous um, job at KFN years ago. And, um, and yeah, you know, he – look, do we agree – Politically, no. But I never had any issue with him, and I don't think that he had any issue with me, right? But at the end of the day, when I look at him giving that endorsement yesterday, I'm disappointed. And and the reason why I'm disappointed isn't because Donald Trump inside an insurrection. It isn't because of all of the criminal charges that Donald Trump is facing. It isn't because of scandal after scandal after scandal or just the the very hateful political climate that I think that he's played a big role in. It has nothing to do with all of that. Those are all things I don't like, but it's not because of that. The reason why I am disappointed in Tom Emmer is because Donald Trump disrespected you. Donald Trump called you a rhino, conservative, and torpedoed any chances that you would have of being Speaker of the House, and you endorsed him. Now, look, we understand this is politics. It's politics. There there are going to be things that people are going to do because it's politics. But at the end of the day, I'm a man. And I, I don't, I could not do that. 
I could not kiss the ring. I could not. I just, I feel bad for him, man. This man disrespected you for the entire world to see. Basically spit on you politically. And you endorsed him. That, that's what disappoints me. So, so I'm, I'm disappointed in that. Um, all the other stuff about Trump, we all know. None of that's breaking news. But I'm just not a person that you could talk bad about me in this way. And all of a sudden, it's all good. Like, seriously. I, I just, I, I'm disappointed, man. Yeah, it's, it is all about kissing the ring and bending the knee. To Donald J. Trump, that is what Republicans have to do, and that is what they are willing to do. It's what they're willing to do. No one has to kiss a ring, whether it was um, Adam uh, uh, Kissinger, yeah, Kissinger, yep, or um, and, and, you, and we can't sit here and say, well, then we're going to get primary anyway. It doesn't matter. Liz Cheney doesn't Liz, matter. Liz, you don't have to. We can, to me, you can forget about titles, whether it's CEO. Politician here, school teacher, whatever. If a if somebody doesn't respect you as a human being, mm-hmm. if they don't respect you as a woman, if they don't respect you as a man, that's a hard thing. Yeah, Donald Trump basically said, "I don't want you as Speaker of the House for whatever reason." And guess what? It didn't happen. And it's it. I don't feel bad for Tom Emmer, not by any means. Because you reap what you sow. And this is what people are doing on the side of the GOP. This is why I applaud Chris Christie for having the stones to stand up and call out Donald Trump when nobody else has the guts to do so. Because when they're confronted, at the end of the day, it's political preservation. And that's what we're seeing on the side of the GOP. And that's and that goes for, I mean, all of the Minnesota... Everybody that's in there and and is endorsing Donald Trump and saying, okay, well, we're okay with everything that he's done politically, including the insurrection. But, yeah, when you insult somebody as an individual, (laughs) I just don't know how you come back from that. I don't – I I don't – so – so That's a line that can't be crossed, and it's been crossed. And you can react on the uh, WCJO talking text line at 651-461-9226. Trump criticized Tom Emmer. Calling him a globalist, uh, globalist rhino, Republican in name only. Um, he also said, with regards to Emmer being a nominee for Speaker of the House, a tragic mistake. I, I so let, let's expand this a little bit. Because we're talking about Emmer here because it's local. Yes. Right. Yes, yep. And and this is somebody I've I've met. I, I think I've, to this day I probably still got his number. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right? sure. Yeah. Because you, you worked with you. You've had a relationship with but, him. But like I, relationship is strong. Well, I mean, but, in terms of like has working, been a working yes. yeah, yeah. That's that's what I mean. I didn't mean yeah, like a yeah. You know, you're you're like going, we're hanging out having yeah, beers. like you're hanging out and having a having a cocktail. I mean, you, you guys, you've been together. So yeah, yeah. You you know him. He knows you. It, but but he. Well, he he basically, I mean, he stopped you from accomplishing one of your goals, and you're going to be okay with that? Yeah, I just don't. I I don't get that. It, well, the, the, this one, 
that's pretty bad, right? Like, like he actually torpedoed something that you wanted to accomplish. Yes. You, now, yes. Now, 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 but let's go back though. This has happened before, and it happened with Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz can talk about. He can talk macho and 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 he's a badass and all that. The man disrespected your father and your wife. What are you doing, Ted? I don't understand how Ted Cruz could take that. That's the thing that I think is 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 disappointing. Is 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 to see the disrespect from Trump towards certain individuals and they let it slide. Ted Cruz let it slide. He insulted the man's wife, and Ted Cruz was okay with it. I know. I, you insult I, my wife, I'm kicking your ass. I don't care who you are. <laughs> I don't care if you're Donald Trump. I will whoop that ass, and I will not think twice if you insult my wife. I, I'll never forget that. I, oh, hell no. I, I can't believe that Ted Cruz let all of that slide. Because he's a spineless, weakless nutbag. All right, 651-461-9226. It says, uh, on top of all you said, what jumped out to me was, I'm proud to endorse Trump. Oh. I, I, I didn't understand it. So, so let me repeat myself. I didn't understand it with Ted Cruz then. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it with Tom Emmer now. I'm, I'm serious. I, I just don't. There's lines that are crossed, man. And when you disrespect somebody's family, when you literally – Stand in the way of somebody getting a promotion, getting something that yes. they have their sights. When you do that, to me, that's crossing the line. What is what is Emmer's gain from this? Like loyalty to Donald well, Trump? I, Donald I, Trump's I, not going to give you anything. Well, it, it's political preservation. Yeah. Let's go to Dave in Andover. What's up, Dave? Hey, well, unfortunately, or I live in uh, Emmer's district, and I'm originally from the east side of St. Paul. I was born and raised in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the east side, I mean, St. Paul in general, and, uh, you know, especially the east side working class people, you know, and it was always Democratic. I've, I've you know, like I say, I'm 75 years old. I've never voted for a Republican in my life. You know, and not because I really liked or um, that you, you know, liked every really Democratic bad. candidate, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'd vote for a Democrat that I wasn't real pleased with, just to keep a Republican out of office, and that didn't work out real well. Look at you know Nixon. You know, like I said, I'm seventy five. Yeah. You know, I was drafted in nineteen sixty eight for the Vietnam War, and and all that crazy stuff. So I was, I've been around, I've been raised. You know, and lived through a lot, and um, yeah, like I said, this kind of Trump. Everyone should read the book by his niece, Mary Trump. Mm-hmm. It, 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 yep. The of the book is yep. how how my family ra- uh, raised the most dangerous man in the world. Dave, Dave, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You, you, you're, you're, this is David Andover. How does Emmer come across to you? A voter knowing what Trump did to him and him endorsing him. How, how does that play with you? It, it, I don't know. It, I think it's just pre- 
predictable as, you know, uh, the sun and the moon come up. Uh, you know, he's a Republican first. And, um, you know, that, you know, he, he's just doing what is expected of him. All right, thanks for the phone call from Dave and Andover. We got other people that want to win. 651-461-9226. This is where I this is where I I view um cuz Dave said that Emmer views him so he's I'm a Republican first. No, I'm a man first. I'm a man first. I don't I don't I don't wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, "Man, who I'm one handsome Democrat. I'm one <laughs> handsome liberal." Like, I'm a man. I I'm a human being. That that I just I can't I don't get it. Don't lie, Matt. You, you are Mister July in the liberal twenty twenty four calendar. I know oh, you, man. Oh, I, I'm I'm lathering up the face. Oh yeah, man. You've uh, yeah, Joe you, Biden ain't got nothing on me. You, you've got the woke that's in smoke right behind the <laughs> rainbow, and you're hugging a tree, and you got a bleeding heart and everything. Hey, let's go to Matt and Rosemont. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's up, Blake? Um, <laughs> I'm just, I, too much to unpack there. Um, so, for me, I am I am a true conservative. I voted for Bush. I voted for um, pretty much everybody except for Trump. I don't know what it was about me, but I saw through him from the get-go. And I hate what he's done to my party. It took Trump to make me vote Democrat. And I look forward to the day that he's no longer holding my party hostage. You got guys like Tom Emmer. You got people like Nikki Haley. They are afraid to come out against Trump because of this, the backlash. If you, loyalty to him, I just texted it. It's a one-way street. He, he demands loyalty, but he is loyal to no one but himself. And he's a stain on America. And as somebody who, again, I have conservative values, there's nothing conservative about him. He's a fraud. And I'm just ready for us to be done with him as a country. We need to move on. Republicans need to – they're never going to be the party they were and seriously contend in elections if they don't move on past him because he is what's holding us back. And I'm tired of it. Well, hey, thanks for the phone call from Matt and Rosemont. Look, I, I think that the reality is that um, this is all about just wanting to win. I think that – I think that – when we talk about political preservation, that's a real thing with all these people that want to support him. Um, I think that there are people that will vote for him because they just want to win this next election, right? I'm, I'm talking about beyond people. There are clearly people that just don't like Joe Biden, right? And I'm not a big – I've said this a million times. I'll say it again. I'm not a big Joe Biden fan at all. Biden's got his issues. Incredible. I've documented that many times. Yeah. But I'll say this again. There's no way in hell I'm voting for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. That's just not a that's not a reality that exists with me. It it's not it's no, that's not a thing. There's no chance that that's ever a reality for me. But I just I, I can't understand how any man or woman that has been disrespected, basically spit on, has been put in harm's way or d- endangered by Donald Trump, how they can support him. I, th- I mean, I, the man said, 
our troops were suckers and losers. I, yeah. What? Yeah. I, I, what? I I think Matt hit it. He hit it on the head, and I I love the passion and the perspective because ultimately this it is they are afraid of the backlash. They can say like nothing at off limits for Donald Trump. Donald Trump can push whoever he wants and say whatever he wants. And he will not get checked. Afraid of the backlash. Because everybody's fall, afraid you, of the backlash. When you fall in love with that woman or that man, are you afraid of the backlash or do you just love them? Yeah. And you're going to marry them. You're afraid of the backlash with your friends, with your family? Come on, man. Yep, exactly. We, we got to get some perspective. We got to get our priorities straight. 651-461-9226. Coming up next, a new bit that we're going to do from time to time. We're going to do what we call a late show top five. And tonight, the most overplayed songs at stadiums and arenas. We get to that next year on the late show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. News Talk 830-WCCO. Each week, maybe even a couple of times a week, we'll do a Lake Show Top 5. And tonight, the ground that we cover is most overplayed songs at stadiums slash arenas. Let's see where we're at. The Lake Night Top 5. Here we go. Number 1. Okay, like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play these for you. And these are five that I feel are very, very overplayed. And I'm going to play it for you, kind of like a, an audio daily double. I want to get your thoughts. So, so hold on, just to be clear. Yes. Overplayed as in... They're played so much, and they... You just get tired of hearing them. We can say that about a lot of songs. Okay. But let's go ahead and hear them. Okay. Here is the first one. Oh, I love Sandstorm. I like it, but don't you feel it's a little... 
no. move too much. You don't. I, I don't think at all. I don't. I, I disagree with you on this one. Okay. Like th- this one. This one. It gets played a lot. I don't think it's overplayed. When you hear it, it's really specific. At least for me, going back to the Michael Oldham Candy Timberwolves days. But it's a big deal. This is like the main song that K Staters love. <laughs> like the K State Wildcats. I yeah. learned that when I was you know in Kansas City and I was working at six ten and. As a KU fan, they would play that sandstorm, and man, K-Staters would get just raucous. And it figures that Manhattan, Kansas would be stuck in the middle of 2007. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just kidding. I, uh, I love Ron Prince. Ron Prince is a good guy. All right, uh, number, uh, number four here. Let's just go with this one. Yeah, this is up there. Yeah, Thunder, yeah. This one's this one's up there. Okay. All right. I just it it, it doesn't matter when or where. Especially, I, I would agree. This is this is this is way over overplayed. You could make the argument that this is should be at the top of the list. Okay. Okay. So I've got one out of the two. All right. Here. Let's uh, let's get number three here. All right, here is number three, my uh, most overplayed songs. Nah, not for me. I love the band. Now, this intro right here, that yeah. that riff right there on the guitar, yeah. that's everything. That's everything. I'm not saying it's not great. I'm not saying Slash doesn't kick ass. But, dude, come on, man. Nah, man. I love Guns N' Roses, but, dude, it's all the time. I'm going to tell you why this could never get overplayed. Oh, why? Oh, when the beat kicks in right there, turn this up. And then and then also, wasn't this the same song that was always played with Michael Jordan and the Bulls? Uh, no, that was the uh, the Alan Parsons project. Oh, was it? When you're talking about the uh, the opening? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're that right, was, you're yeah, right, you're that right. Was you, the it, it was, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that was the... Yeah, 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 I can, uh, maybe we'll have to make that for uh, Matthew Collar's next uh, next one. All right, here is, uh, here's number four, and you can, you know, you can thank the Miami Heat for this one. Yeah, this is heavy rotation. This is heavy, heavy rotation, yeah. yeah. Jack White, great. The White Stripes, great, but... I mean the Seven Nation Army. You gotta. So you get you gotta get rid of. That I like one. this though, and these are all bangers. It's good. We know that yes. they're all bangers. Yeah, this is played a lot. Though. Okay, and here's a uh, here's. But you, a, wait, you think that this is played more than Thunderstruck and Welcome to the Jungle? To me, it's just more. I, I think because it's more recent, I feel like it's a little more annoying. Okay. So, but here is the most overplayed, maybe. <laughs> Song that I can think of at any sporting event, especially when things are not going well. <laughs> Turn this up. Oh, this is a banger. This is a banger. Just a small town girl. Oof. Yeah, it's 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 overplayed. Yeah. Here's the thing. They played this when the Vikings were getting their tails kicked 
by the lions. Think about that. Listen to the lyrics. What the hell are you doing? I, I don't get it. I, I mean, you're, you're basically pumping up Detroit when you're playing that. So, I don't know. But no, it's, it's just it's way overplayed. It's yeah, way th- overplayed. That's a good list, though, man. That's, that is a really good list. So Maybe we should ask our next guest, Matthew Collar, what is the most overplayed song Ooh, yes. at stadiums and arenas? Because he travels. He hears a He's bunch. He's always on the road Seen coming to Minnesota things. Vikings. We'll talk to Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, next on The Lake Show. All right, he's back with us. He joins us each and every Thursday evening here on the Lake Show. Matthew Collard talks some Minnesota Vikings football, courtesy of the uh, the John Schuster Gold Banker Hotline. Before we talk Minnesota Vikings football, Matthew, last segment we did a Lake Show Top 5, kind of a new bit we're doing. And this week it was most overplayed songs at stadiums, arenas. You got anything you want to offer up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I do. I have a very strong opinion on this. Okay. There's, uh, there's two things that I've had absolutely enough of. One is all ACDC. Look, <laughs> it's great. It's great. They had an amazing run of about 40 years. Okay? It's time to move on. All right? It's time to move on. Uh, the other thing is Crazy Train. Now, Crazy Train is an amazing song. Great guitar solo. Awesome stuff, Ozzy Osbourne. We don't have to still be playing Crazy Train. They're, they've made other music since 1974. So it's, there, is t- there has been a lot of time, a lot of songs made that the stadiums could investigate and look into. And I'll tell you, when we were in L.A., those people knew what they were doing. It was all like L.A.-based music, lots of deep cuts and stuff like that that they played throughout the game. It is possible for arenas to think about it with their brains and find other songs than Back in Black, okay? We can do it together. But not everybody can do just local, though. Sure, that, I mean, not, they don't have to do all local, but they yeah. can do other. I mean, L.A. is different. But, you know, Chicago plays, like, some, you know, Guns N' Roses or something before they kick off. You're like, guys, you're Chicago. Could you come up with anything better that yeah. may be based on your all-time great music city? Uh, no, they just played Guns N' Roses because nobody thought of it. They just played whatever was on the button bar for the last 20 years. Well, it's I guess you could look at it this way, and we're the same way in Minnesota. You like what you like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I think people are afraid to try something new. That could be true, uh, and too. And then, you know, the New York Mets did it with their closer, and they played that crazy horn song, and then everybody just stole that. And it was like, no, 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 don't steal that. Find your version of that. Find what, find what makes you, you, arenas. I mean, well, I used to do minor league baseball, and we'd play Sweet Caroline or something. I'd be like, God, what are we doing? Why, why are we doing this? Why are we just taking something from the Red Sox? Why don't we come up with our own seventh inning song? Uh, they didn't appreciate my suggestion, but, you know, it is what it is. Think for yourself, arenas. All right, so you said afraid to take some chances. Uh, Vikings? They're not afraid to take chances, are they? I mean, final game of the year. We got Nick Mullins at quarterback again. Nick Mullins over Joshua Dobbs over Jaron Hall. Your thoughts? Well, that is certainly a guy that's not afraid to take chances. That is absolutely true. (laughs) And uh, we saw that when he played against the Lions last time. But actually, after watching Jaron Hall, 
uh, Nick Mullins looked like Joe Montana uh, in comparison to Jaron Hall. I think what we found out about Jaron Hall is that he was not at all capable of handling the speed of the NFL. And after the game, he looked pretty shook up, and he said, I would have benched me too, basically. And, you know, that that's why you play him, is to find out. Because you know what the other guys got, you know they're not going to be part of the future, and you know that they can't really win games for you, so you might as well take a swing at it. Uh, if you were really thinking about, like, at all costs, you have to win that game, I guess you would have run back Mullins. We're probably always going to wonder what the hell happened with Josh Dobbs. Yep. Like, how did it go from being really good uh, to just QB3? It was, like, weird. <laughs> um but, I mean, I think what happened was that opponents figured out how to keep him in the pocket, and then, you know, that, that happens sometimes to a backup caliber quarterback. But uh, they had to go back to Dobbs because they have to actually be able to, you know, play football capably and, and get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, give Justin Jefferson a shot. He's looking for 1,000 yards. Um, they, they, and I think it's a risk to Jaron Hall's health to have him play. And so they should just, you know, give him another year. And, and if he makes improvements in training camp, then you go forward with him. And if he doesn't, you cut him like Kellen Mond. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not an exciting situation, Henry. Have you seen this headline about uh, Amon uh, St. Uh, Ross St. Brown uh, being really upset, it sounds like, over uh, getting snubbed out of the Pro Bowl? Uh, yeah, I saw a few of those. And I got to say... Pro Bowl time is always a great uh, season for the word snub. I don't hear anyone use the word snub ever except for right after the Pro Bowls come out. So a big day for that yesterday. Uh, The Pro Bowl thing is tough. I was standing in the locker room next to a player who was filling out his Pro Bowl ballot. And he he asked me, hey, is this guy having a good year? I suggested somebody else. But he went with that guy because it was his friend. And I thought, this is great. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we were doing, if we were doing it, like, honestly, we would probably have like the analytics people or something figure this out uh, as opposed to players who play how many opponents a year, because you got your division games. So they play 14 or 13 different opponents. If you you can't count your own team. I mean, so they they see a third of the league. Mm-hmm. And they only look at their position. They only look at their job. And then they're supposed to tell you who was the best left guard. You're going to ask a, a cornerback to tell you who the best left guard was. It's always going to be, you know, kind of silly. The same but the problem is, too, there's a lot of great players. There's a lot of great receivers. Amon Ross St. Brown is a Pro Bowl receiver. But there was a bunch of other guys who made the Pro Bowl. Like Christian Derrissaw probably deserved to be in the Pro Bowl. But they gave it to Lane Johnson, who's one of the best to ever do it. So I, I don't know. It's it's always a tricky thing. Every year some guys get really mad, and there's not a whole lot we can do about it, and there's never going to be a perfect voting process. Talking to Matthew Cowler, Purple Insider, here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, this coming Sunday, will it be the final time that we ever see Daniil Hunter uh, run out there in the purple for the purple? I think so. Uh, I think his price is going to be very high. And I don't know how the Vikings do it. Um, if they were going to work out a deal with him long-term, they would have done it before the season. They intentionally put it in there that uh, he uh, could not be franchise tagged. So they don't even have that button to push. If they're going to keep him, they have to pay up for him. He's got to be going top dollar. 
And I don't see how his side would not go to free agency. So you'd have to be battling with everybody else, making offers for Daniil Hunter services. And, you know, you can look at this, I guess, uh, one of two ways. I mean, you can look at it as if they had just gotten this done uh, before the season, then, you know, that we'd be talking about how great they have their awesome pass rusher who had all those sacks. At the same time, uh, there's difficult decisions to be made when it comes to where you're going to put your money in the future, right? I mean, the roster to me is pretty weak overall uh, when you project it forward. And are you going to put 30 million, 25 million, whatever it is into Daniil Hunter and take the risk that he falls off and take the risk that he gets hurt. Uh, You know, that, that still exists in the air with Hunter, even though he stayed healthy the last few years, you look at Jared Allen's career. I mean, all of a sudden he went from being amazing to not anymore and then retired. Like that, this happens all the time. Once you get to 30 is suddenly guys can't play anymore. And there's no real explanation for it other than just age catches up with everyone. So you'd be taking quite a risk, I think, by making him one of the highest paid players in the league. And that's a lot of money to spread out to the rest of the roster where it's really needed. So I I tend to think that that will be the case. But, you know, no one's going to complain if they bring him back. It just makes things very tricky going forward with the salary cap. Even though he missed games this year, Justin Jefferson is going to be the highest paid wideout going into next season, right? Yeah, I think he's going to be the highest-paid non-quarterback in the league. Because I think that Nick Bosa got to 34, and if you're Justin Jefferson, yeah, okay, you had a hammy injury. He could still get to 1,000 yards despite missing like half the season. Uh, I think Jefferson's going to be arguing that 30, you know, 35 million is, is probably the mark for him. And you know, the Vikings are going to look at Tyreek Hill. That's uh, 30 million, and there's going to be a debate between. You know, does he want a five-year deal? Is he looking for a three-year deal? Whatever it is, but I mean, that's that that has to be the case that they have to extend him pretty much no matter what. Yeah, we're talking to Matthew Kyle from the Purple Insider here on the Lake Show News Talk eight three zero W C C O. I've not talked to you since we last chatted. I want to get your perspective on what took place with the. Uh, the Lions and the Cowboys, because I just I, I know you can you, you you're you're great with jokes and just kind of assessing situations, but I just find it so laughable, Matthew, that the you know the NFL and the referees and they're trying to tell us one thing and we have video and it was televised and we saw something else. It just for the life of me, like I look at that video. And I can see that the referee, maybe in his line of sight, he wasn't trying to acknowledge or maybe didn't see Taylor Decker. But for anybody to say that Decker wasn't getting his attention or letting him know that I'm, I'm you know, I'm eligible, I think is is a joke. Yeah, I mean, the problem is not that a mistake was made. It's the process around it. I mean, number one, uh, if there was a referee in a booth who we had transparency of, uh, which the XFL tried, and I thought it worked great, actually, where they would go inside the booth with the cameras, with the microphone, and the audience at home would get to hear the whole process of how they did a review. Phenomenal. You might not agree with it, but uh, whatever their call was, but you could hear their thinking all the way through of why they made a particular call, and it made it so much easier to understand as opposed to, you know, John Perry says one thing, and then the rest do another thing, and then we're all just confused and angry. 
So there was that. Uh, I don't know if that would have helped the Lions situation, but if there was a, a ref in the booth who could have looked back and said, no, actually it was the other player who checked in. Um, but once they announced it, it was over there and they couldn't you know, do anything about it. So then you get to why is there no accountability or honesty? I mean, I, do you remember, uh, I'm sure you do, when the Detroit Tigers pitcher threw a no-hitter. Yes. And there was a bad call at first base. And he stepped on the bag, and then they, he said he was yeah. – the, the, they said he was safe. Yep. Yes, yes. And it was extremely obvious to everyone, including the pitcher. I'll never forget his face being like, wait, what? Yeah, huh? <laughs> safe? Huh? And the, the umpire came out after that, and he said, I screwed up. Yep. I cost that guy's no-hitter. That was on me. It was my fault. I made a mistake. I feel terrible about it. I wish I could take it back. And you know what? If the referee did that and said, you know what? 70 had checked in all game long, and I thought it was 70, and it was 68, and, and, and I apologize. I just had it wrong. I think everyone would be like, all right, moving on. But it's the NFL being like, no, no, the whole Lions team is lying, and the video is lying. <laughs> like, Come on, man. And then people trying to blame the Lions. This is not that uncommon of a thing. Teams do this. Uh, I have Jeremiah Searles, former Vikings offensive lineman, on my podcast each week. He's, he had done this in games before, where he was the guy who checked in, and then all of a sudden late in the game they had somebody else check in. It's, it's not the first time anyone's ever done it. Oh, why did they have this guy or that guy go over this way or that way? No, no. This is something that was 100% on the ref that all he had to do after the game was say, and, and even not even just directly after the game, because maybe he didn't realize it's still then, because it just happened. But after that, just come out and say, we just made a mistake, and we're sorry, and there's nothing we can do about it in that sports. And I think everyone at that point would have said, okay, but even when you make an, a mistake that everyone knows you made, you still come out and are like, no. I mean, that's just so classic NFL. I think the arrogance of that is what's frustrating. Yeah, it is. Uh, who do you like and why this weekend in the matchup? I like uh, Michael Penix against Michigan, and I cannot wait to watch the national championship for two quarterbacks that could be Vikings. That's not, oh, that's you mean not the, the game. Up. The, yeah. the Vikings. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, the Lions. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on Penix. I mean, Penix and those guys made me some money. Washington. I had Washington money line last week, and, I, and I'm going Washington yeah. money line again. Arm talent, man. It's arm talent, leadership, command of the offense. That dude has everything, but. I think I might go Michigan. Their defense is insane. I just think that Washington's got too many skill position guys that are just that are just too dynamic. Like yeah. it, it isn't just a couple of wideouts. I mean, they got like they got like four or five dogs. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. No, they do. I just Michigan's D line is good. Their secondary is good. Uh, but I mean, I think it'll be a great game. As far as Vikings Lions go, I guess I would say. I mean, of course, I think the Lions will win. But in a way, you're like, don't screw this up and win, Vikings, because they are in a spot right now, a very good spot with the draft, if they don't win this game. And if they do win this game, they're very, very, very likely not getting in the playoffs anyway. So all you would do is just hurt your own draft status. Hey, real quick, let me ask you one final thing. And this has nothing to do with the Vikings, but it's in the division. The Chicago Bears, I think, are going to put themselves in a situation where they're going to make a bad decision. I think that they, at the end of the year – that they're going to move on from Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. Um, I, I know that he's got he's still got a lot of maturity in terms of he got to grow and he's got to make better decisions and all that. But I don't think that Caleb um, um, Caleb Williams is going to be better. I, I don't think he's going to be better than Justin Fields. W- w- would you drop? Would you cut the cord with Justin Fields? 
Very, very tough call, man. Very tough call because I think that the players want to stick with Fields and build around him. And we see rosters dominating everything in the NFC, uh, especially, you know, like with San Francisco and Brock Purdy. But if you're the team that passed up on Caleb Williams and he goes to the Patriots and becomes a Hall of Famer and Justin Fields continues to be middling, I mean, man, that's that's a tough one. I, you know, it's it's very hard because like you that's know, that's the decision you, you got to make, though. You got you got to yep. figure you got to make a tough decision. Yep, yep, you do. But I think they could support the number one pick uh, if it's Caleb Williams as as well as anybody can because of how much they've built uh, on their roster. So I I don't know. That's a tough call. The one thing, if you stay with Fields and it doesn't work out, is you'll have more options in the future. Yep. So that is kind of an important factor to this whole thing. Yep. Hey, thanks so much, Matthew, man. I'll talk to you uh, a little bit later. Sounds good. Thanks, Henry. All right, take care. Matthew Collar joining us here on The Lake Show. Let's take a break, real quick break, come back, wrap up Hour 2. I'm fine with the Bears making a mistake. I don't think that Caleb Williams is going to be better than Justin Fields. I don't. I don't I'm, not that, I'm not high on Caleb Williams like that. I'm not. Justin Fields, I think, as long as they surround him with some more weapons – I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, if you don't trade the number one pick, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. sitting there. I mean, they, they can they control the board. But yeah, I, yep. I'm I'm and they with, have two picks in the top ten. Yeah, they do. I, I think the wor- I mean, depending on what happens with the Bears, I think the worst their pick can fall to is like twelfth. But man, yeah, the Bears are a really good spot. I'm not big on giving up on a, a young quarterback, especially somebody that's shown flashes like Justin Fields has. He and DJ Moore carved up Atlanta in a blizzard last week. I mean, he's you got to give him some, got to give him some time and coach him up. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, coming up next, bringing back the good old days, one franchise, getting a little nostalgic. We talk about that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.